You're listening to the Mutual Audio Network. Have a good day. Following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. The Sonic Summerstock Playhouse. Welcome to the 2011 Sonic Summerstock Playhouse. And once again, the Sonic Summerstock Playhouse brings you classic theatre adapted and performed by some of the very best audio players. So without further ado, here's your host for this week's show. Excuse me. Uh, Excuse me. Out of the way, you lingering, malingering, malcontent, malingering lingerers. Would you calm down? What in the heck did you do now? Me do something now? In the heck? <laughs> so a SWAT team started taking pot shots at us for no reason whatsoever? And by us, I don't mean me, zombie astronaut. They weren't shooting at me, zombie astronaut. They were shooting at you, Dr. Despicable. Why were they shooting at you, Dr. Despicable? Uh, let me see. I, uh, I did turn the Statue of Liberty into a death-dealing robotic burlesque dancer. You what? You wear her pasties of pain. I can't believe you... Oh, I'm not finished. I also sicked my Flying Teen Monkey Squad on the Los Angeles Children's Chorus. Go, go, Flying Teen Monkey Squad! They're just children. No, they're a teen monkey squad. Oh, the the Children's Chorus. Yes, well, they were very off-key. Teach them to experience puberty. (laughs) Where are we? Looks like a theater. Here, read this handbill. We're apparently in the Sonic Summerstock Playhouse Theater. Looks like Broken Sea Audio Productions is doing their version of the X-1 episode Junkyard, in which a salvage ship from Earth lands on an alien planet only to encounter... Only to encounter giant chest-bursting bug-looking thingamies. Oh, never mind. Just sit down and pay attention. The curtain's going up. Countdown to blast off. X minus five, four, three, two, X minus one, five. From the far horizons of the unknown come transcribed tales of new dimensions in time and space. These are stories of the future, adventures in which you will live in a million could be years on a thousand maybe worlds. The National Broadcasting Company, in cooperation with Galaxy Science Fiction Magazine, presents X Minus One. Tonight's story, Junkyard by Clifford D. Sumac. The funny thing about the whole thing was the fact that we had never intended to land on Planet Nine. We circled it and decided it was strictly a low-grade affair. Wouldn't amount to anything for a billion years or so. 
As commander of the Galactic Survey Team, I couldn't waste my time on it. Then my exec saw this junkyard through the telescope. We landed, took a look at a load of alien machine parts discarded by some other spaceship, and then prepared to take off for Earth. It had all been a waste of time. Engine room, MacGyver. This is Commander Warren. All secure? Yes, sir. Very well. Countdown to blast off. Engine room ready, sir. X minus five. Minus four. Minus three. Minus two. Minus one. Fire! Mac, what's wrong down there? Well, I... I don't know, sir. Brady, get the data analyzer ready. We'll have to correct for a new takeoff time. <laughs> it's the first time I've ever heard of engine failure before takeoff. Better before than after. Engine room. Yes, sir. What's happening? You guys ready yet? No, sir. Well, burn it, man. Get going. I want those engines started. Sir. What is it? I, I... I don't quite know what to say. Well, say something or I'll have you busted. We can't start the engines, Commander. At least, I can't. Well, why not? I don't know. Fine. Put Klein on. Lieutenant Klein, sir? Lieutenant, what's going on down there? Is there something wrong with the engines? No, sir. I've double-checked them. Well, then, let's get them heated up, or we'll be on this godforsaken planet for the rest of our lives. We can't do it, sir. Klein, suppose you tell me exactly why you can't start the engines. Can you do that? Yes, sir. All right. Why? Because, sir, we can't remember how. What? Yes, sir, we've forgotten how to start the engines. Lieutenant, report up here in one minute. Bring Dr. Spencer with you. Yes, sir. All right, Brady. Where have you got it? Got what, Ira? Don't play innocent. You and I have been doing planet surveys together for 15 years. You carry enough dead weight and grain alcohol on every trip to keep you happy for a million light years. Now, obviously, the crew in the engine room have gotten into it. Impossible. Where is it? <sighs> I've got a few fists in my locker. Nobody's touched it. I checked. Well then, somebody has got some in the engine room. Lieutenant Klein, sir, I've brought Dr. Spencer as you've ordered. Hello, Doc. Did Klein here tell you what's going on? She did. How long will it take you to get these guys sobered up? I can't. Why not? Because they're not drunk. I tested Klein in my office. Now wait a minute, Doc. Are you trying to get me to actually believe that my crew intergalactic engineers with years of hyperfission experience have forgotten how to start the engines of this ship? That's right. You... you're serious. Dead serious, Ira. Something, somehow, has caused them to forget how to start the engines. There it was. It fit in perfectly with a lot of other annoying little things that had been happening to us ever since we put down on Planet Nine. It was to have been a routine exploration of a low-grade, uninhabited planet. Some routine exploration. All right, Klein. Now listen to me. Do you have any manuals aboard? Engineering manuals? Yes, sir. Take the engine room crew and study those manuals. 
They'll tell you how to start the ship, won't they? Yes, sir. Okay, get going. Doc, I'd like you to stay here with me and Brady for a minute. Okay. And report back to me, Klein. Yes, sir. Okay, Doc, you're supposed to be an expert on space medicine. What is it? I've never seen anything like it, Ira. Brady? Search me, Captain. I've seen him with space blues, alien psychosis, the works. But I've never seen a disease that can make a crew forget how to start the engines. Maybe it isn't a disease. Okay, what then? Maybe it's deliberate. You mean they're faking? No, I know Klein and the others too well for that. I mean, maybe there's some outside influence. Doc, we've surveyed this planet from top to bottom. We know there isn't a living cell on it. What about the junkyard? Junkyard? What junkyard? Oh, he means that pile of rusty space engine parts we found. The crew nicknamed it the Junkyard. He's right. Somebody put it there. Well, we know that another spaceship landed here. We know that from the blast marks on the rock. We know that for some unexplained reason they took their engine apart and tried to put it together again. We know they succeeded in building a much simpler engine, leaving a lot of spare parts. And we know they took off. The blast-off marks tell us that, too. What we don't know is whether or not they left somebody behind or something. What about that stone tower, Ira? The crew looked it over. It's just a pile of stones. They probably threw them together as a shelter while they were rebuilding their engine. I don't like that tower, Ira. Why not? I don't know. I don't know. It's scary and had that that, that black look about it. The smell of death. I felt it when I walked past the Klein and Mackay. Ah, that's the Celt in you. Banshees and spooks. I still don't like it. I need a drink. Skip it. We should be ready to blast off in a few minutes. Engine room. Engine room. What's going on down there? Engine room. Lieutenant Klein. Daddy? Is that you? Daddy, have you brought me a present? Daddy, I'm scared. Doc, I think we better get to that engine room. Daddy, I'm scared. When Doc examined Klein, she found her to have the mind and memory of a six-year-old. That's it, Ira. Something drained Klein of her memory, and that's as much as I can tell you. That's a big help. Here's the manual she was reading. Well, at least we can follow this manual and get off this stinking planet. Hand it to me. Right here. Anything wrong, Ira? Is it all there? It's all here, Doc. This is the engine manual that tells all about the engine. How they operate, how to locate trouble, how to fix them, how to start them. Well, what is it then? You're sweating like a pig. All of a sudden, I can't remember the symbols, Doc. I've forgotten how to read. I left the engine room and went through the lock to stand on the outside platform of the ship. I looked over the junkyard where the metal of the rusted engine parts gleamed. There was a riddle here. A riddle we hadn't been able to figure out. Why had an alien spaceship landed here, ripped out its engines, and then put together a simple, less efficient engine, and taken off again? And they had worked in an awful hurry, judging by the mess they left. Why? Mind if I join you, Ira? No. Help yourself, Doc. How's Klein? 
We've made her some toys. She's playing with them. I've assigned Mac to see that she doesn't hurt herself. Doc? Yes, Ira? Have you got any ideas on what's happening to us? Well, man experiences incidents, gathers knowledge, knows emotions. Then, as he grows older, he begins to forget those experiences, forget that knowledge. That's what life is, a long series of forgettings. Here on Nine, in some impossible way, the forgetting is speeded up. It happens overnight. No, there's more to it than that. (sighs) Well, I'm going back to my cabin to try and get some rest. Hey, you, Ira? It's me, Bad Ears. What gives? We're in a jam. There's been planets I wouldn't mind being marooned on, you know. But this ain't one of them. There's something here, Ira. I can feel it. Yes, I can feel it myself. Maybe we should have looked around more. Klein looked around. Klein was the one who found that tower. Brady, that's right. She did. She said she didn't like it. She said it scared her. In the morning, Bad Ears, we'll go and see that tower. In the morning, I took Doc and MacGyver and Brady with me, and we walked across the valley to the stone tower. It wasn't much of a tower, only eight or nine feet high, made of rocks piled one on top of another. Pretty solid, well-built and odd. Type of culture, I'd say. Has anybody bothered to look inside this thing? MacGyver. You were here with Klein yesterday. Yes, sir. We couldn't find a way in, Captain. Klein poked around, but gave up. Well, we'll make a way in. Stand back. I think I can shoot the top off it. Now, that should be big enough for a man to lower himself into. Okay, fasten a rope around my shoulders. Er, Captain... Yes? In case there's anything, well, dangerous, maybe I ought to go. After all, I'm survey engineer. McIver's right, Ira. Okay, Mac. Your responsibility. Yes, sir. Just fasten the rope onto my arms. Uh... Huh. That's it. Now I'll climb up and lower myself in. If I pull twice, haul me out. One pull means okay. Give me a hand, Brady, huh? How about a quick shot of whiskey first? Never touch it. All right, now. Can you see inside? Black as a tomb. I'm going to lower myself. Pay out a little rope. Well, it's been lovely. Here we go. One tug. He's on the ground inside. I wonder what he's found. I still don't like it. Oh, Brady, there's probably not a thing in there except a few... There's two tugs. Three! Come on, haul him out. You mean? Come on, just haul him out. Brady, pull him through the top. Right. Easy now, Mac. Ugh! What the heck is in there, anyway? Mac! Mac! Dada? 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 Holy jumping asteroids, Doc! He's flipped! No, he hasn't lost his mind. He's just reverted to babyhood. 
idea. We stood yeah. there at the foot of the tower, yeah, stunned. MacIver sat on the ground, happy as a clam, playing with his fingers and talking happy little nonsense syllables. Doc, take a look at him. Make sure he's okay physically. What is it? I've forgotten what the normal pulse rate is. Doc, let's get out of here. Brady, pick up MacGyver and bring him back to the ship. Come on! Let's get away from this tower. A few minutes later, Brady and I sat in the captain's quarters. He didn't do much talking. Just sat and tipped his bottle to his lips every so often. Well, at least we know in a general way what we're up against. Do we? We know that there has been knowledge lost. Important information forgotten. Now that memory, that lost skill, that knowledge went somewhere. Maybe there is something in that tower that takes it away. And I have a silly feeling we might even get it back. <laughs> have a drink. Bad ears. Get a couple of crew. Volunteers. Now. Now? What for? We're going to find out what's inside that tower. We lowered an infrared movie camera into the tower, took some pictures, and went back to the ship for a look. There was something in there, all right. Now, as far as we can determine, this thing we photographed is shaped like a watermelon standing on end. The movement of the hairs all over it suggests vibrations, such as an antenna of an insect. Underneath are wires leading to terminals that seem to be plugged right into the thing. Do you think it's a form of life? My guess is a combination of living organism and machine. After all, man and machines work together. The difference is that man retains his individual identity. Well, since it doesn't locomote, someone or something must have put it there. Exactly. It looks like some kind of communication organism. If it is, it's a communication machine that is built to take in information rather than pass it along. Do you really think that egg in there has been stealing our memory? Why not? Well, because it, it, it's too... it's too wild. That's why not. It's no wilder than a lot of things we've found. Say that the egg is a device for gathering knowledge. But there's no knowledge here to gather. I mean, how often does a ship land on an out-of-the-way melon like this? Wait a minute, Brady. Who says that knowledge has to be collected here? Huh? I said, why do we assume that knowledge has to be collected right here on Planet Nine? We forget things back on Earth, don't we? Oh, good lord. Suppose you were some race setting out fish traps for knowledge and had plenty of time to gather it. Where would you put your traps? On a planet swarming with intelligent beings where the traps would be found and destroyed or their secrets snatched away? Or would you put them on some second-rate world where nobody would ever bother them? I'd pick a spot just like this. Let me fill in this picture, Doc. I think that some unknown race is bent on trapping knowledge throughout the galaxy. Ira, if what you say is true, if it is, then every time someone on Earth forgets something, it's because one of these eggs has drained it out of him. Well? I just can't believe it. It's too fantastic. Have you got a better guess? No. The question is, what do we do next? If anybody gets near that egg, he winds up like, like some pulling little baby. You were pretty near it that first day. 
Did you forget anything? How should I know? I was too pleasantly lit up on grain spurts to know the difference. Well, the question is still, what now? I'm going outside to think. I stood out on the platform of the ship and tried to make some sort of pattern out of it. Forgetfulness. That was the key word. All through the galaxy and every culture there was forgetfulness. There were lots of learned theories, of course. Kinks in the brain, neuroses, data processing. But suppose they were wrong. Might it not be that forgetfulness was caused by thousands upon thousands of these memory traps planted throughout the galaxy? nibbling away at the conscious memory of all the sentient beings that lived among the stars. On Earth, a man forgets slowly because the traps are far away. But here, in their very shadow, a man forgets suddenly. And then another thought entered my mind. What kind of race had set these traps? How do they empty them? How? Brady! Huh? Where do you keep your liquor? Now, Chief! Come on, where? It's in my locker. Get it out of there. All of it. Ira. That's a direct order. <sighs> okay. All of it. That it? Yeah, I never thought I'd see the day when you pulled rank on me, Ira. If you confiscate this stuff, so help me, I'll never forgive you. Who said anything about confiscating? Bad ears. Have you ever really hung one on? I mean, just pie-eyed drunk. Well, let's see. <laughs> there was once on Mars. Hmm. Took me three days to sober up. They say I fought off the whole Galactic Patrol for hours. Well, beautiful. do you think you've got enough here to get that polluted again? I got a pretty good supply, Ira. Well, that's good. Because in one minute, I'm going to give you a direct order to hang on the biggest, most monstrous drunk in the entire history of the universe. But first, you have to volunteer. <coughs> I volunteer. No, no, no. Not until I explain why I'm doing this. Ira, this sort of project don't need reasons. It's a pleasure. You know that egg up in the tower? Yeah. The minute you get near it, it grabs your mind. Wipes it clean, right? Yeah. And a lead space helmet doesn't shield you. <sighs> right. Now, Doc thinks this egg is some kind of communications thing. Yeah, it must be. Okay. You're a communications man. What do you do when you can't shield a communication? Well, that's easy. You scramble it. Any fool knows... Wait. <laughs> exactly. Are you still game? Do you think it'll work? I don't know. I think it might. But suppose it doesn't. 
You're a babbling infant like Klein and MacGyver. <sighs> if we don't stop that thing, it'll happen anyway. Unless we can remember how to start the engines. Okay, Ira, I'll do it. When do I start? Right now. Well, Ira, here's mud in your ever-loving intergalactic eyeballs. <laughs> ah. 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 You know something? I'm beginning to like this mission already. Well, that kills the last bottle. How am I doing that, old buddy, 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 Paolo wine? Not drunk enough. I should have picked somebody like Doc. Except she'd probably pass out. Not drunk enough, old buddy, old Paolo. Not drunk enough, old buddy, old Paolo. Not yet. Well, in that case, old buddy, I'm gonna have to do something I never likes to have to do. What's that? I'm gonna have to get under my special emergency reserve supplies. A little supply I keep in, in case I get my own on a planet, you know. <coughs> I don't like to go into it, but in this case, it's my duties. <laughs> it's my duty. I'm a rambling wreck from Georgia Tech. Heck of an engineer. Rambling wreck from Georgia Tech. Hank of an engineer. Hank of from Georgia Tech, and of an engineer. Blast Okay, I guess you're ready. What do you think, Doc? The most amazing thing I've ever seen. Is he drunk enough? What I want to know is what's keeping him conscious. Okay, bad ears. On your feet. Help him up, Doc. Let's go, Bat-Ears. Somehow, we pushed, hauled, and stumbled Bat-Ears Brady out of the ship and up the rocks to the egg tower. We erected a tripod over the hole with a block and tackle, passed a rope around Brady's chest, and hauled him over the entrance of the tower. There he swung like some overstuffed pig singing raucously under the eerie moonlight. Well, what do you say, Ira? Got the earphones on him so they can't slip off? They're on. Guess we're ready to lower it. Ira. Yeah? You sure? It's a man's life. I'm not sure, Doc. But as commander of this expedition, I sometimes have to risk the lives of my men. Okay, Ira. away before I get too sober! Lower away, blast off! Fire one, fire two, born voyages. Good luck, Brady. Good luck.
He's at the bottom, Ira. Bad ears. Can you hear me? Get your hands out of my hand. This guy's got his hands in my hair, Ira. The thing must be picking at his brain. Brady, Brady, listen to me. Do you see the egg? See it? That's my buddy, Ira. That's my little old egghead buddy. Yours and me's buddies, egghead, right? Extra special emergency. Emergency reserves. Oh, good lord, he's got a bottle with him. He's pouring it on the egg. Brady, Brady, listen to me. The wires. Wires? Pull out the studs on the egg and hook your wires to it. You got that? Yeah. Yeah, just a minute. Me and Egg here got to have a drink. Oh, it's no use, Ira. He's too drunk to know what he's doing. I'll try again. Brady, listen. Your friend, the egg, can't hear you, see? He can't have a drink with you until you hook your wires into him. You got that? Sure, this, uh, this, that's an awful thing. <clears throat> that's dreadful. Okay, okay. What's he doing? Doc, you getting any impulses? Not a thing. Maybe we better haul him out. If he starts to sober up... Maybe we'd better. Okay. One. Two. Wait a minute. Wait. I'm getting something, Ira. This is fantastic. Haul him out. Quick. Right. Come on. Come on. Brady. Brady. You all right? Doc, help me. Take a look at him. Is he okay? Yes, he's okay. Just passed out. Not surprising. Let's get him back to the ship. Right. You know what, Ira? What? Tomorrow, about 9 a.m., we're going to be in on the most colossal hangover in the history of mornings after. We were in on more than Doc Spencer had bargained for. More than any human being had any business being on. Well, Brady, how do you feel? Shoot me. Shoot me. You turned the trick. Trick? The tower. You hooked into the egg. The stuff is rolling out now. Doc and the boys have got a recording hooked up. The stuff they're listening in on is enough to set your teeth on edge. What? God, what stuff? The information that Mind Trap has been collecting for hundreds of years. It will take us years to sort it out, but we are getting some of it straight already. Any of our own stuff? Plenty. (sighs) Anything on engines? Well, not on our engines. So? We got the dope on the junkyard anyway. Mac and the boys are hoping to put something together so we can rip out our own engines and just keep some of the parts. Another junkyard, huh? Another junkyard. The engine we're building now is superior to anything ever built. Pretty handy little gadget, that egg. Only one thing. What's that? Tell Doc if he comes across a good... A good hangover remedy to let me know. Ugh. 
It took us about six days to assemble the new engines using some of our parts and some of the advanced designs from the junkyard. During most of that time, Doc Spencer sat down at the tower with a set of headphones, monitoring the information from the egg. She was like a woman possessed. I didn't think anything unnatural was happening until the night of the sixth day. Well, that does it. The boys have got the engines ready for takeoff. And there's a full moon, too. Well, we should be able to lift her off by tomorrow morning, huh? We're blasting off in exactly one minute. What? In exactly one minute. But Ira, Doc and some of the Techno boys are down there monitoring the egg. I know it. Well, it'll take them 20 minutes to get back to the ship with all that equipment. They're not getting back. Huh? I said they're not getting back. Ira, are you nuts? Come here, bad ears. I want you to take a look through this field scope. You can get a good close-up of Doc and the boys who have been monitoring that egg. Wait until I get it focused. Got him? Yeah. Take a close-up. Mother in heaven! You see why we have to leave them here? Those faces, they're like, they're like some kind of beast. What is it, Ira? What happened to him? The same thing that must have happened to the crew of the last ship that touched here. The same thing that made them blast out of here in such a tearing hurry. What? Bad ears, there isn't only knowledge in that thing. Those boys are monitoring something else. Something else? Personalities, bad ears. They're not human anymore. They're turning alien. They were still there when the ship roared up and away from Planet Nine and pointed her silver nose toward Earth. We could see them in the scopes. A group of tiny figures crouched over the recording equipment. Their earphones plugged into the egg. They didn't even look up when we blasted off. They were no longer human now. They were something else. Something a million light years old. And of another world. Our cast in this reproduction of X-1, The Junkyard, in order of appearance, Mark Kalita, Stevie K. Farnaby, Bill Holwig, Tanya Milojevich, Elaine Barrett. Music provided by Tunguska Electronic Music Society. Theme music provided by Roger Severo Mehta. Both available on jamindo.com. Sound effects not created by the producer were provided by Free Sound Project and the cavernous collective vaults of the Brothers Kaboom. This is your producer and host, Carrie Ayers, hoping that you'll join us again on another recreation of X minus one. And that's this week's performance for the Sonic Summerstock Playhouse. All productions, performances, characters and scripts presented in the Playhouse belong strictly to their copyright holders and no copyright infringement is assumed or intended. The Sonic Summerstock Playhouse is part of the Sonic Society podcast and Electric Vicuna Productions. 
Any shows that continue their run must have explicit permission from all parties involved. Join us next week at the Playhouse for another classic performance. With thanks to this week's host, I'm your announcer, David Alt. Good night. The following message is for podcasters only. If you are a listener and not a podcaster, you are permitted to cover your ears and say la 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 for the next 30 seconds or so. Okay. Podcasters, la, 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 if you create la, la, audio drama and or comedy, you are invited to join the brand new Mutual Audio Network. Not only will your productions be showcased in a brand new Netflix-ish type of distribution, but you'll also share in resources from music to sound effects to voices to people saying la 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 la. For details, visit MutualAudioNetwork.com or inquire at MutualAudio at gmail.com. You can stop la-la-ing now. What? Can't hear you. Got my ears covered. La-la!